Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we're grateful you've joined us for this conversation. Lisa and I are uh, having a conversation with one another and with you uh, around the title, Why Did You and or Didn't You? And uh, we have found... Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, dot, dot, dot. Uh, We have just found that 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 word why, uh, in and of itself, for so many of us uh, in, in our marriage naturally just tends to uh, create a sense of defensiveness and even potential conflict. And so we want to, I think, create some insight and awareness into how might we navigate the temptation to say why, to offer why to our spouse uh, in moments uh, where we might not even know what else to say. And so it's a a common uh, phrase we use. I think most of us at times aren't even aware of how common it is in our marriage. Uh, I know for me, therapeutically, it, it's a common phrase that couples use when they feel very stuck, uh, maybe even uh, embedded in their stuckness. When we, when Lisa and I uh, host or our guests uh, at organizations or churches for our Reconnect workshop, it's one of the playful ways that we tend to talk about it is we, in a way, uh, could we imagine in a vision that we could actually delete the three-letter word uh, that begins with W and ends with Y, uh, the three-letter word of Y. Yeah, I think we don't mean it to be, but it's an, a very accusatory, has an accusatory mm-hmm. feeling. And often we might be saying it in a soft voice, like, like I don't, I don't understand why, why did you do this? Like we're trying to come across as if we're soft, but... It just has an accusatory feeling when you're on the other end of it, mm-hmm. because sometimes, sometimes we don't know why we did it. Right. You know, sometimes we didn't mean to do it, or we right. didn't do it on purpose, or yeah, it's a common question that most parents will often ask their child, no matter what their age. But obviously, a little bit later in life, but uh, even in the beginning years, uh, why did you do that? Uh, why did you? Fill in the blank. Uh, when Ellie was younger, our youngest, what was she? I think she was like four. Uh, and she had this uh, Sharpie, this green Sharpie. <laughs> she went around the house and she put these capital green uh, letters E all over the house. Do you remember that? I do. That <laughs> was on everything. The comforter, the lamp, everything. the wall. And, and of course, our initial response is something like, why Why did you do that? Why would you do that? She and didn't even try to disguise it. Like no. she just put her first letter of her name <laughs> in Sharpie. But do you see how automatic I think our response can be? And, and maybe those of you who parent uh, maybe a bit different don't, don't often ask that question, but I know we str- struggled with that question because it's an immediate response to something that we believe ought not to have happened. And, and we actually think why is helpful, but think about it from a child's perspective when we were children and we heard the caregiver or parent say something like, why, why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why did you act that way? Whatever it might be. It, it, it rarely, if ever, is there a good response because we feel like what we're in trouble. We feel like we've done something wrong. 
we feel like we maybe potentially lose connection, lose relationship. And so there's, there's not often a good reason to, or a good response to the It's why. a very defensive provoking question. Mm-hmm. We're just automatically, whether you're a child or an adult, we, we want to defend ourselves, you know? Yes. And I, I think it sometimes seems like it's supposed, supposedly in an attempt to understand, mm-hmm. but it, it seems like when the person's asking why, they kind of want to understand, but they also are ready to say why whatever you're, whatever you were thinking was a really dumb idea, mm-hmm. you know. Or, so it's 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 very accusatory. It can be, and it can come across as yes, accusation and judgment, and imply that not that you not that you've done something wrong, but you are wrong. There's something wrong with you, and I think that's what we're all about in our podcasts all along. Is that we would be somewhat aware of and intentional about just subtle shifts along the way. And this is one of them that can we be a bit aware, a bit more aware of when and how we, we do use why, uh, what's the context of why sometimes for us, what drives the need to ask why, uh, what is it about the, the sense or feeling or being out of control? Something's happened and it ought not to have occurred. Did you want to share the thing that you asked me the other day about why? Uh, what was it? The, <laughs> uh, I mean, we I, probably I, I, use it we do. every we, day, many times a day. Yes. And so how do we, I mean, we're not really saying avoid it. I think, no. I think the point is that we don't really realize the power of our words sometimes. And we think, oh, what's the big deal? How can, you know, if we change a couple words, what difference does it make? Well, it makes all the difference in the world. But it makes a huge difference. It does. That's what we found, and especially when you're changing your wording because you understand the power. Yes. And so it's so, not necessarily about, oh, now I have to, I can't say that anymore, and right. I have to be careful oh, what I say right. and all that. But it's right. it's just more about understanding the power of it mm-hmm. and, what, and what is it that we're trying to achieve by asking. Mm-hmm. So when I scheduled this month, I have uh, quite a few of, in, of what, I do. I do these intensives with couples and I have more this month maybe than uh, you, I think you thought I would be having. And we didn't maybe check in about that as much as we could have or as much as we, you're nodding your head. Yes. Right. And, and a fishing trip. And And so (laughs) (laughs) I said, why did you schedule two intensives this month? I don't know if you said it that calmly, but that's okay. Uh, Because we, got invited to do something and we had to miss out because we overbooked. So mm-hmm. that was my why. And it was week. said maybe in a, could we say a little bit more intensity? I, I really feel like I communicated that <laughs> I was hurt. Okay. Even though you said why, and what you just said, Lisa is helpful is that often the why is a way to reveal hurt or communicate hurt. But when I hear why, and I think when most of us hear why we hear, uh Oh, and and I if if any of you are able to respond well to why wonderful. I just think that most of us when we hear that we we become automatically defensive. Our guard goes up. And we want to defend ourselves. And the first thing that I said was, "What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I, I I told you about those. I you knew those were on the schedule." Because I, I hear why, and I think, again, many of us hear why, and you hear why, as this as this sense that you have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. 
I think it often occurs too when there's something that's been done that is kind of irreversible, right? It's like we've already, you know, you've already made those plans. I can't really change it. So now I'm just frustrated and I just want to say, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Instead of something else, right? I think you try it a bit later that evening, which again, we highlighted along the way as well is, is there, are, is there room for a redo? Can we try again? And, and you did that later. You said, I felt disappointed that we didn't have time this over the next couple of weeks to be able to spend time with our friends. And okay, I, I might and not. And so to hear that from your perspective, yeah, I think it's that easier to hear it's, that. It's easier to hear than it. why. Absolutely. Because it, it's, it invites a response. Whereas why invites defensiveness? Yes. Why why invites defensiveness? A reflection of of something offers a movement toward. So when I hear, when we hear it as a reflection, I felt disappointed or I felt hurt by, or I was I felt a bit frustrated by, or fill in the blank. I think those are the kinds of ways we offer feeling and emotion that invites a response that we actually need. It's it. Again, it's counterintuitive sometimes because it, in a way, when you say something like, I felt a bit disappointed that we didn't have time to spend with our friends, I, again, I might be tempted to hear it as I've done something wrong, but the odds are that we, most of us will respond a little bit better than we might with, why did you schedule those intensives? Why are you gone next weekend? Why did you not call your mother? Why did you not follow up with your coworker? Do you hear the tone in those? Those those often, if not always, lead to a defensive, dismissive, turning away from the other rather than a turning towards. Mm-hmm. I think it's automatic because we often say it out of frustration. Mm-hmm. And when you're frustrated, um, I think it's harder to be vulnerable. It's harder to think of risking because you already feel frustrated, which is kind of a vulnerable feeling. Right. And then to try to say something that's softer or more vulnerable is just really takes a lot of um, intentionality, I think. Mm -hmm. And so pausing and thinking, okay, I'm really frustrated about this. How can I change the wording here? Um, And it does take just a rethinking and a retraining of our brain, I think, because we just automatically jump into... I feel frustrated. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. And it just almost comes out of our mouth before we think of it. And but even what you just said, I feel a bit frustrated, is is very different than why did you do that? We 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 had the odds of us responding better differently to I feel frustrated. Uh, it, it it's just much higher. I don't know even of a better way to say it than that. That. That couples that are embedded in in ruts of conflict or tension, and for many of us that can be true at times. It's that we are we are just in this place of maybe feeling continually hurt, or disappointed, or frustrated, and so a why is just a natural response. It's a protective response. It guards us from the vulnerability of actually naming or putting words to our experience. And I think marriage is it, it is the groundwork for vulnerability. And can we feel over time the freedom to be able to offer, I feel a bit disappointed. Hey, can I share this with you? I, I, I'm a little frustrated about fill in the blank. I think we tend to move toward the other. There's the likelihood of that happening increases over time. Mm-hmm. 
So, so what do you tell couples? The very same thing. I mean, is it something that you just have to practice? I I would say so. It's not, I, I had this image today with this couple because they were saying, we're talking about this. Sometimes what we talk about for Lisa and I is directly connected, uh, not fully, but, but it has a, it's been a theme maybe the last couple of days or the last week. So sometimes for you and I, for Lisa and I, yeah, with my clients, uh, and, and this, the couple that we were having this conversation with, okay, but what do we do? How do we change that? And, and I said, you know, semantics aren't something that we just turn a light switch on and it's different. It, 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 it becomes a muscle memory. How did we learn how to ride a bike? We practiced. How do we learn the forehand of a tennis stroke? We practiced. How, how, fill in the blank for most of us. How did you learn something? We practiced. It was muscle memory. And I think sometimes semantics and the communication of hurt, frustration, disappointment, is, is, it, it has the potential to become muscle memory. But it's not something we just wake up and say, oh, I've got this. I can do that now. And I think for many of us, that's where we get a bit frustrated, is we can revert back to old patterns. But when we revert back, not we ought not to revert back, but when we do, can we remind each other kindly? Hey, I think this is one of those moments. I, I, I heard why. I wonder if we could try something else. Oh, shoot. I, I'm aware that I just spoke why. Let, let me try that again. That takes a, a lot of courage and a tremendous amount of vulnerability. Well, and just plain old awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can get so frustrated about what we're dealing with or what we're wanting to accomplish or what we are frustrated about that we're not even listening really to the words that are coming out of our mouth. And mm-hmm. so I think what we're trying to reiterate is that it really has a lot of impact. It and it is, it, it is a fairly simple thing to work on, you know, as far as, you know, marriage is hard and having conversations are hard and conflict is hard. And this is one of those small, but very significant shifts that can be made Mm -hmm. that can be helpful. Um, I think similarly, a lot of times we call it naming impact without blame. Mm -hmm. And that's um, just another way to kind of put your wording in your phrase sometimes when you're kind of thinking about okay i'm, I'm gonna communicate this i'm frustrated about this but how, how can i communicate it and so we talk about naming the impact you know i feel lonely i feel frustrated i feel overwhelmed when you know mm-hmm. you didn't don't do what you said you were going to do or you're late for dinner or you don't call me during the day or whatever it is, but if we name the impact of it before we go on to state what it is without blaming, it's more powerful. It is more powerful because the why, again, we can hear it as accusation, we can hear it as judgment, and it creates this defensive response as if I now have to defend what I've done or what I've said, what I haven't said or what I haven't done. And so it it can become a debate. It, it, It doesn't allow softness, it doesn't allow tenderness, it doesn't allow empathy. It, it what it does allow slash invite is justification. I'm, I'm going to prove to you why I did what I did, but I don't. I don't often have words, and I think that's the bind for many of us, as we don't often have words to in a response to why. Right, it usually catch you off guard. It catches us off guard. You're just going along your day, and then yeah. it's like, what did you do that for? <laughs> you know, and yeah, and and I think the one that's also asking why they want 
maybe an apology or a comforting mm-hmm. response, yeah. and and you're just not going to get it. No, and rarely, so if ever. Both of us now are, are on the defense, right? Because you're both not, you know, one of you surprised, and the other's not getting what they want, and so it's just it's such a small little shift that can just cause the whole day to be ruined. You know, the whole day to be in conflict or two days or however long it takes to to come back and figure out what just happened. But mm-hmm. it's one of the little explosive, an explosive word. Mm-hmm. What would you say happens for you when you hear it? When I say something like, why did you or why didn't you? Uh, well, why didn't you call me yesterday uh, when you were gone? Yeah, I mean, even just saying like it and thinking like about it, yeah. it, it, like tension kind of rises in my body. Like right. I can feel it like in the back right. of my neck. Like yeah. I get in this posture of, oh, okay, I better have a good answer here, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, it's like I got to fight back. Yep. It creates automatically. A, yeah, it is. It creates all. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. It, and it, it creates, sometimes it creates that, not just the flee and and fight response, but it, it, it we, sometimes we freeze. You know, we have this, oh no, panic. Uh, what do I do? What do I say? We right. Don't. You're circling back in yeah. your mind like, oh, okay, uh, why did I, why did I right. do that again? <laughs> what, what was my reasoning? And mm-hmm. did I forget? And, mm-hmm. you know, you go through all those things and, and then you kind of get this panic in your body maybe. And so let's check in then about what are helpful ways uh, to navigate moments like that. Uh, when we are tempted to use why uh, as a way to communicate hurt or as a way to communicate frustration, I think some of the softer language that we might begin to integrate is something along the lines of, hey, can I check in with you for a few minutes about something that happened today or an hour ago or yesterday? It's meant to be a collaborative moment versus an accusatory moment. And I think that's a helpful startup. It's a helpful way to start. Hey, can I check in with you? Or can we we check in for a few minutes? And I know many of us, that's difficult because of life stages and logistics and all of that. But uh, it it often can just be a 30-second or three-minute window, somewhere in there. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out, conversation process. It can just be, hey, can I check in with you? I was uh, I was a little frustrated. I was a little irritated. I was a little hurt by it. Now, for many of us, those those are those are also difficult words to hear. Right. Because I'm thinking, what if you know that no matter how you word it, the other is going to be defensive? Well, that's not really an option. <laughs> I mean, you know, like if you know <laughs> that your buttons have been pushed and, and now you I, want I, to communicate. Yeah. Here's the deal. Some of us believe we have the privilege and or freedom to react offensively, to react with a a dismissive quality, no matter how it's offered. And that's the part that I would say, can we pay attention to that just for a moment? How do we get to believe that we can somehow deny the vulnerability or dismiss the vulnerability of what's offered? I think for many of us, that's pride. It's part of, it's so difficult for us to own that that we have impacted the other in some form, in some way, that we, it's hard to metabolize and carry maybe the weight or the burden of that. Mm-hmm. So even if maybe we know that it's going to be difficult for the other to hear, um, maybe they did something really big, you know, and we have to kind of confront them on it. And are you saying that even, even in that situation, like it's more powerful to come at it in a softer, like I was really uh, yeah, hurt. Absolutely. And even the word confront, I, I, I find myself in that with that word almost bristling, like, ah, Confront. Confront implies that the other needs to hear what I have to say. And and I I think our work is all about invitation as much as possible. 
as much as possible. It's an invitation to collaborate. It's an invitation to communicate. Confront implies you have done something wrong, which, uh, okay. Well, maybe they, that's what I'm saying. Like right. if it was something kind of big that really did right. hurt but, you. But even the word wrong, I want to be careful with the word. You know, there's a, there's something in a, you know, the idea of, wait, hang on a sec. The way that you're speaking to me is not okay. The way that you're communicating to me, I, it's hurtful to me. That That's the part that we, we are, it's a dance. It's a, it's a reciprocal moment. It's a way that it's an ebb and flow. How we offer and communicate hurt plays a significant role, but also how we hear it, how we are intentional about being kind to the other when they do offer it in a way that is meant to be invitational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I know from experience, like as I think back, maybe, if, you know, if, if something's happened between us and I feel frustrated or you or you get frustrated at me, and mm-hmm. I know that when you've come in a softer way that it, soften it softens it, even yes. if I am still frustrated yeah. or I feel defensive, there's just something that happens that shifts because it's almost in a softer language or something so that it feels less defensive and more engaging, mm-hmm. even though I know it's hard to do. It is hard to do. Some Some of you listening know we have a hot tub. And it is often a common, uh, what we'd say, uh, familiar theme in some of the stories that we share and tell. But, but what I, what you just offered, Lisa, is is a good reminder and a helpful reminder of it is so much easier for me to say, "Why didn't you come into the hot tub?" So much easier to say that than it is, "I missed you. I would have really enjoyed spending time with you in the hot tub." That's a very different statement. It's to me and to many of us. It's communicating something very similar, but very in a very different way. We might be disappointed. We might be hurt. We might be frustrated, etc. Can we name and put words to the experience itself and how we might be impacted versus why didn't you come into the hot tub? It has a much different way of allowing movement toward, mm-hmm. like you just said, it's a tender way. I missed you. I miss spending time with you. That's hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. It's hard for any of us to say because it's the fear in that very moment is that it could be dismissed, ignored, so even mocked. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But uh, why didn't you come in the hot tub creates an automatic defensive response. Right. And I think what what helps is to to feel safe, obviously, mm-hmm. to feel more safe in the relationship. But I think also communicating that helps create safety. helps communicate safety. So it's like, okay, how do we, how do we even get to safety? You know, so beginning to communicate a little bit differently feels a little safer because now I don't feel like you're going to snap at me and I'm going to snap back at you. And communicating, I think the softer feelings is what actually builds safety in a relationship. Yes. And it, it part of what builds safety. Well, the, the ending with softness or tenderness is based upon starting with tenderness and softness. So when we start in a tender way, we have the opportunity and chance to end, end not end, but transition into a softer moment or a tender moment. So mm-hmm. may, we, may we, each of us, be somewhat mindful of how we communicate in moments when we're tempted to use why, when we hear ourselves say why, when our spouse or partner uses why. May we be just a bit more intentional and aware of, I wonder how else that can be communicated that invites the response that we hope for 
rather than perpetuate the response that we're familiar with. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us on the web at thereconnectinstitute.com. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Reconnect Marriage.